1: Welcome to the Rocket Chip Podcast, I'm Michael Saka. And I'm Matt Goldman. Today we talked with Laura Roeder from Edgar. What do you think of this one?
0: The invitation flow that they, they set up, I think was incredibly savvy. And it's definitely something that we don't read a lot about, but I know a lot of companies do, like Salesforce. You don't just sign up for Salesforce, it's not the seamless process. So to see her have success early on with that kind of technique I thought was brilliant. Um, What did did you think?
1: Yeah, I love it. They've been able to build up a really sizable group of customers at a good 50 a month rate for a product that's pretty early. And I think that a big helper to that was the fact that she had an audience from previous products that she sold online. That combined with the the anticipation of the invitation flow, I think has worked out really well for them. And I think there's a lot of lessons in this one that everyone can learn from. Yeah, well, they bootstrapped to 10 people. I mean, that's... That's a lot of work. It's a it's a very unique story.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into it. Before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Hover takes all the hassle and friction out of registering your next domain name. And if you don't believe me, just ask my wife, Carmen.
1: Hey, babe. Yeah? I need a new website.
0: All right. Well, you need to, to get a domain name.
1: How do I do that?
0: Do you have a domain name?
1: Yes. No.
0: No. No. I, okay. <laughs> I need one. Just use my hover account. What's, what's a hover? So hover, H-O-V-E-R uh-huh. dot com. Okay. And just search for, for whatever domain you want.
1: Oh, that's it? Yeah. Okay, I can do that.
0: Go to hover.com, get 10% off your entire first purchase by using the code SOEASY. That's hover.com and the code SOEASY.
1: CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. For those of you just getting started, CodeShip has a generous free plan with five private projects included and 100 builds per month. Not enough? You get 20% off three months just for being a Rocketship listener. Plus, the team over at CodeShip spent the past few months talking to customers and just launched a complete redesign of their app with better usability. Go to CodeShip.com Rocketship to sign up today.
0: Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to customer.io slash rocket ship to start sending emails that convert. So tell us a bit about Edgar.
2: So Edgar is a social media marketing and automation tool. You use Edgar to schedule your social media. The big difference between us and other tools is that Edgar keeps a categorized library of all your social media updates, and Edgar sends them out automatically and recycles them. So that's what's so, so different about us and other tools. You don't have to keep filling up Edgar for the rest of time, and you don't have to keep creating content for the rest of time. You can create maybe three months of content to go out on your social media um, and then that would cycle through four times a year. Obviously, it's social. You're still adding in new stuff. It's important to go in and interact and engage and stuff like that too, but you'll have your bread and butter social just handled by Edgar.
0: So why was this problem that you wanted to tackle?
2: Because it was a big problem I was having in my own company. So uh, what I've done up until Edgar is LKR Social Media, which is a social media marketing training business for small businesses. So... We practice what we preach, you know, we're very heavy on social media ourselves. I mean, we had a few problems with the traditional tools. One was, it's always seemed crazy to me that the tools don't save a library of your updates. Because we were like a lot of companies, we would keep this giant spreadsheet with all our updates. And it just seemed weird to me that the spreadsheet wasn't, we had to copy and paste from the spreadsheet to the tool uh, yeah. and categories were another big thing too, because it's a really important on social media to have a good mix between your content and other people's contents and promotions and fun stuff. And the tools don't operate based on categories to make it easy to make a nice mix every day. And I think that you should recycle content on social media. I know that not everyone agrees with me. I think it's crazy to come up with (laughs) five new pieces of content every day for the rest of your life. Um, So that was obviously something that we wanted to incorporate as well.
0: So that was kind of your problem. What were some of the problems that your customers had that you discovered through doing the agency?
2: So our business is kind of, so we're not an agency, actually, we don't provide any kind of services. Um, It's all online training. So it's like Rosetta Stone, you know, you just buy it. And then someone teaches you a language, You, you, you buy it, someone teaches you social media. And we were in kind of a unique position, because Everything that we were doing at our company, like keeping a giant spreadsheet with categories and then doling them out in a certain way, we taught our customers how to do that uh, in this program that we have called Social Brilliant. It's all about planning your social media. So we were teaching the customers the same methodology that we were using. Our customers were loving it, having a lot of success with it. So putting that into software... Uh, it was just kind of obvious. You know, if people are going to pay us for the training, the software makes it much easier because it was pretty cumbersome uh, to keep these giant, complicated spreadsheets. So we did not do like a traditional lean startup interviewing a lot of customers. We really made it based on our own needs. And we knew that, you know, if we could sell this training, then at least some people would be interested in the software as well.
1: And something that's jumped out about the way that you guys started it is your invitation flow. Can you talk a bit about how you guys decided to launch with that?
2: Something bit unusual that we do is on the homepage, the call to action is not to buy Edgar, but to request an invitation to buy Edgar. Basically I'm big on marketing. I mean, that's, that's really my skill in the company and I'm big on email marketing. That's, that's how I've really had all my success in business through email marketing, content marketing, social media marketing. I thought it was a little bit crazy that most startups don't do any kind of email capture. On their website at all. And that's still very, very common. Most startups that you see, your options are to buy the product or not. Maybe there's a blog and maybe there's some sort of call to action, like sign up for updates for our blog. But that's it. And I know that most people who come to your site are not ready to buy immediately. They're checking things out it's just to me, it's sort of online marketing one hundred and one. You want to capture their email address, so requesting, asking people to request an invitation is a great way to capture the email of anyone who's interested in your product. And then, even if they're not ready to buy right now, you have their email. You can keep following up.
0: So, what happens when they get their invitation?
2: They request the invitation. Uh, we've we've kind of played around with a lot of different things, and this is another thing. It's really, it's really helpful for experimenting with marketing sequences when you have someone's email, because if you're not doing that, you can split test your homepage. That's about it. You know, you can split test your buying process. But we've been able very early to test out different times, having people wait for the invitation. We've tested out you know, giving the option to buy immediately after they signed up to get their invitation and just different types of emails. So basically, they request an invitation. Right now, you usually have to wait from about three to five days and we send you a drip campaign with follow up content about Edgar during that time, sending you things like reviews that other people have written about Edgar, sending you video walkthroughs so that you can kind of gather information and make a decision if this is something that's right for your company.
0: That is is really cool. I am terrified to do that. But I'm so <laughs> glad that it's it's working because you see a lot of big marketing companies use this kind of technique.
1: Yeah.
2: And why why are you terrified to do it?
0: because we read so often make it easy simple painless to sign up but i do think you you get a lot of unqualified leads or people that aren't ready to buy and there's no way to really tell and that's why i'm intrigued by this but what scares me is that it goes against like everything i've designed for the last 5 years so <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah and it, you know it does definitely add another layer of complication. I mean, obviously we lose people because people don't open every email, if they open they don't click. I mean, it does it does add those other layers, but we're not necessarily trying to make it I mean, we don't have a free plan either. You also, we don't have a free plan. We do Mm -hmm. give out free trials, but you have to put in your credit card, which obviously causes some friction. You know, I'm kind of of the point of view of get qualified customers in as opposed to just as many people as possible.
1: If you had to guess, or if you know, how many of the people that are now using Edgar were from your previous audience or customers of your training program?
2: Now I feel like I should, I should try to figure out that number. <laughs> I've never tried to figure that out before. Because it, um, it seems it, like it, a
1: really good fit between the two. You've been teaching people kind of this tedious process of how to do social media your way. And then you built a product that really simplifies that process. It seems like the perfect fit.
2: So yeah, the first, you know, few hundred users or so have definitely come from our existing audience. And obviously that's been a massive help in helping us grow so quickly. It's like Edgar just started, but it's not really fair to say that because we've been building up an audience and a community of small business owners interested in social media for the past six years, you know, and obviously put a lot of work into that. So we definitely started out with our own audience, you know. Advertising on all of our existing content channels to our own audience. We are branching out now, like using Facebook ads to reach new people that haven't heard of us, uh, because a lot of our audience does find the price point a bit high. A lot of our existing audience has been people who are kind of just starting out in their business, and we start at $49 a month. You know, there's a lot of free social tools out there. So, a lot of if you compare us to free we're really expensive
1: (laughs) yeah but at the same time it's a good reminder to everyone that you can charge what your product's worth 49 to a lot of people isn't cheap but it hasn't been a roadblock to getting a sizable amount of customers in the early days
2: Yeah, I think I think it's a good price point for us because we are a more advanced tool. I mean, you need to have a certain amount of content already. uh, And we do more than the other tools do. And we're not if you look at Sprout Social right now, they're like $59 per seat as their minimum plan. Also, it's we get compared to like Buffer and Hootsuite a lot, but actually their business plans were similarly priced to or cheaper. It's just their free plans that obviously were more expensive than.
1: And it's a very different product as well. I mean, it is. you guys it have is. great onboarding. I was really impressed when I got in there. And it basically, usually people just botch those pop-up tours that kind of lead you around and point you to different buttons and how things work, but what was cool about yours is that it actually took you to different pages and Explained how the product works, where things are, how categories work. And that's a big thing that I know Buffer doesn't do is help you choose different schedules for different types of content. So, is, you know, in our case, is this an episode? In that case, it should repeat once every month. Is it just a link to an article that should be handled differently? So, it is in that sense a pro tool. And I think it's great that you guys recognize that and charge for it.
2: Thank you, and thank you for the the preps on the tour because we thought, I also hate most of those tours, so we tried really hard to make it more useful. Did you
1: guys use a library or something to do that?
2: No, no, it's just custom.
1: You guys should open that up.
2: We'll we'll (laughs) see.
0: (laughs) For people just starting out, going back to when, when you were just signing up for Twitter, what are some of the things that you've done to grow your audience over the years?
2: This was actually interesting because we started social accounts from scratch for Edgar, you know, started a new Twitter account and a new Facebook page. So it was this great opportunity to see, okay, is, is what does what you teach really work? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, when you're just starting out, it's easy for me to grow my Twitter following now, I have you know, 35,000 people on there. So it's, it's just going to grow organically. So it was kind of fun, actually, starting over with something new. And the first thing we did with the Edgar account is just find a lot of people to follow and start talking to. And I think people really underestimate the importance of that stuff. It's funny because we're a very automated social tool at Edgar, but, but we really believe that the reason you want your updates to be automated is so that you can spend your live time on social talking to people. I think that's so, so important if you want to build a following and if you want to just build those strong relationships with your brand. So The way we started is just like going through just really manual, really organic, like looking through Twitter suggestions, finding thought leaders in social media, finding tech journalists and small business journalists and people, social agencies, people who might be interested in Twitter. And we just started following them and commenting and sharing their stuff and engaging that way. And over time, you know, a certain amount follow you back. After a while, you start to get into Twitter's algorithms for being recommended to follow. You know, right now, it's not like we have a massive Twitter following. Right now, we have like 400 people, 500 people, something like that. But it's just been built up very organically by just finding interesting people to engage with
0: are there some i guess twitter following numbers that you see that when you hit it starts to make a difference in your traffic or where you can you know where you can direct attention
2: obviously just it's a pretty it's a pretty straightforward correlation the bigger following you have on twitter the more traffic you're going to drive to your site if it's genuine okay <laughs> you know yeah. this is where it it's really pointless i always think it's really funny when businesses do things like buy followers because obviously it's not going to help you grow your business, those people obviously aren't customers, right? You you know, I mean, they're mostly fake accounts. I, I know people do it just to make the number look better, but if you're doing it in an organic way, you will get people who are interested in your business one way or the other. And once you, social media is so cool because it really becomes the snowball. You know, once you have more followers, you have more opportunities for retweets, those retweets obviously have a huge multiplying effect where all those people's followers are seeing it and then they have an opportunity for retweet. So social media really grows exponentially instead of linear.
0: Do you have any examples of what people early out starting up do on social media that may be kind of faux pas or or things to, to kind of look out for to not do?
2: The classic like worst one is the auto DMs. I mean, not that many people do that anymore that was big
0: a while ago (laughs) yeah
2: yeah if you're you're still doing that like that one was never a good idea you're real you didn't build
0: that into edgar no
2: (laughs) no and actually someone i remember when we were first on product hunt someone mistook us for another tool that does like auto dms and like spam i'm like no that's not what we do Um, so, yeah, anything right, anything where you're auto messaging someone I think so, I think probably people listening to this probably know not to do that, so I think the most common. Mistake that newbies make is just giving up too early because it is really frustrating when you first right. get on social media, you're sending stuff out, no one's responding, it it feels dumb, it feels embarrassing, it feels like a waste of time, but it does it does take a little bit of time and like I mentioned, especially the stuff you're doing in the beginning is the most time-consuming. Like, looking through Twitter recommendations and manually choosing people to follow and reading through their updates to find something to retweet or to find something to reply to them on, that's, like, it's all very manual, time-consuming work. But once you build that up, it starts It starts to grow. So a lot of people just sign on to Twitter, they follow a few people, they send some stuff out, it doesn't drive any traffic because they only have 25 followers and they just kind of give up on the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I know... And when we were all getting started, I don't think we even realized what we were doing, but we put in a year or two of just talking to people on Twitter. And it is that manual process mm. of having the people that you follow and looking at their stream and talking to them and maybe hopping on Skype sometimes to ask them a question. And mm-hmm. it's really just talking to people and making friends. But that process takes years, many months to years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And a lot of your biggest wins on social are going to be people retweeting you that know you in real life outside of social, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of Twitter followers from someone who you met at a conference that then starts following you on Twitter and retweets something that you said, and they have a huge following. I mean, it's all, it's all. Mixed and that kicked in
1: on a smaller scale, probably three or six months in where you have a couple people that you've built a relationship with. Then when you start to write articles, all of a sudden you have a support group that is going to help share it. And which is totally different from when you start out cold and no one reads anything you write.
2: Yes. And so, I mean, something else interesting that we're doing with Edgar is we haven't started our own blog yet. I'm huge. Like I said, on content marketing, we definitely will be blogging, but we started out by building our social accounts. We're starting out by doing things like this, doing things like being on podcasts, guest posting. We're kind of leveraging other people's audiences. And then by the time we start blogging, we'll have an established audience who can share our articles.
0: Interesting. It's kind of, I don't know, that's that's different than I think a lot of, of businesses approach it. That's really refreshing.
2: Why not guest post first, you know, get in front of a bigger audience before you just start trying to build your own thing from scratch. It's, it's really, really hard to build a blog readership from scratch.
0: Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. That's why things like Medium, I think, are so popular because mm-hmm. there's a little bit of built-in social sharing there. Yeah, yeah. So, you posted something on Twitter this morning that I would love to get your answer on. It made me think and, and kind of uh, made me realize what I was avoiding. Um, but you said, What's one thing that you've been putting off doing in your business and why?
2: Oh, I have to answer. <laughs> That's a tough <laughs> question. What have I been putting off? So, the big one for me coming up in the horizon is hiring someone to replace myself for marketing. Our team is 10 people now. The way that I've, we're bootstrapped, we've grown very organically. And the way that I've always grown my team is kind of taking myself out of being the bottleneck one step at a time. You know, at first it's with customer service and tech stuff. My goal is to really oversee the business. And I always think of it as like taking myself out of deliverables. Like a deliverable that I'm still doing right now is Facebook ads, although we're starting to train, um, our team to do that instead of me. But I'm still at the end of the day, it's kind of me who's responsible for all the marketing decisions and all the marketing strategies. So I see how that's bottlenecking us from bigger growth, but you know, you said you're terrified to do something like an invite process. That's, <laughs> that's very scary to me, you know, to find someone else to take over marketing, but I really, I really want to, to allow the business to grow. So that's something that I want to do in 2015.
0: Nice, nice. Well, that's that's great to hear. Thank you, Fran. I know that's a hard one. And it made (laughs) me think when I saw it this morning. So I had to ask,
1: where did you find the team of 10 that you have now? And are those contractors? Are they full time? Are they remote?
2: Uh, mostly full-time uh, with some contractors. Sometimes people kind of start out as a part-time contractor and then go full-time. Everyone works from their own home. Uh, everyone's based in the U.S., uh, but works in their own home. We don't have an office. We do in-person retreats once a year, and you know we might up to twice a year, and that's how we kind of meet everyone and hang out. Um, and I found them through all different sources. I haven't found that there's one... Great job board or anything like that. I've had pretty good luck with authentic jobs. I definitely always go there, but you know we've used authentic jobs, Stack Overflow, Craigslist, Odesk, uh, all of the above.
1: We noticed something with the guys from you need a Budget that when they posted job postings, the people that applied were the people who used their software. Have you noticed that of people in your community applying for jobs?
2: You know, so weirdly, that's actually something we've kind of avoided until now, but it might be different with Edgar, because for LKR social media, that business is very much around me. I'm kind of like the face and the spokesperson of that business. So a lot of our customers are kind of fans of me, as funny as that sounds, um, for the training business. And actually... I had one experience where this woman had applied uh, for a project manager job. And I really liked her CV. I liked her answers. And I looked and I'm like, oh, her name sounds really familiar. And I realized that I had met her at a conference maybe six months ago. And she had been really sweet. And she had handed me this thank you card. But she'd been really nervous to meet me. You know, it was like, it was exciting for her to meet me. And I thought, well, I can't have someone work for me that thinks... I'm awesome, you know what I mean? Like that's not <laughs>
1: that's
2: not gonna work out at all. Um, so for that business, we actually kind of avoided people who were our customers because they often kind of. I don't know, viewed it as I'm, I'm some sort of like business thought leader, as opposed to like, we're just sort of a regular company that you're going to have a regular job in. But since we don't do that kind of positioning with Edgar, it'd be different. So I don't know, we'll see moving forward.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I know companies go both ways. And we actually hadn't heard that perspective before. So that's, uh, that's cool. So where can we keep up with you and Edgar online?
2: Uh, Edgar is meetedgar.com, M-E-E-T-E-D-G-A-R.com. Uh, my other website's lkrsocialmedia.com, and you can find me on Twitter at LKR.
0: Thank you so much.
2: All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocketship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm.
0: And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter. We're twice monthly. We send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's Rocketship.fm. Sign up today.